0: to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the workers of the wall, as we pick up in Nehemiah, chapter 3, verse 1. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck.
1: And in chapter 3, you have the names of all of the families and the section of the walls where they would be working. And uh, because the names really are insignificant to us, uh, we're not going to wade through chapter 3, but go on to chapter 4. Now, it came to pass when these antagonists, Samballot and Tobiah, Learned that they had started building the wall They were very angry And they began to mock the Jews And they gathered together the army of the Samaritans Who of course were already antagonistic towards the Jews And they they sought to hinder the work through mockery What are these feeble Jews trying to do? And Tobias said if a fox would go up against that wall they're building it, he could knock it over. It is interesting how that Satan so often uses mockery in order to discourage the work of God. It's one of the tools that Satan often uses against us. You've probably been subjected to mockery. Oh, don't tell me you believe those fairy tale kind of things, you know. And, and mockery is often used, ridicule is used as a tool to discourage the work of God. And unfortunately, many times it works. We are sort of cowed by the ridicule of others. We don't like to be ridiculed. We don't like to be mocked. And mockery is oftentimes a tool used to discourage a person in the work of God. Now, Nehemiah met the challenge of their mockery with prayer. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. And turn their reproach upon Their own heads And give them as a prey of captivity Now Nehemiah answers this attack with prayer Again as we pointed out this morning Nehemiah as all of the leaders of the Old Testament Were men of prayer Praying for guidance when the king says Well you know why are you so sad What what would you want me to do and oh God, you know, give me favor. And then he lays it out to the king, and always there, acknowledging God and everything. Now here comes this ridicule, and and he just offers his prayer unto the Lord, and God will turn it upon their own heads. It's sort of like one of uh, some of the Psalms of David, where he prays not for the God to bless his enemies, but for God to break their teeth in their mouth and and. Uh, Uh, I I sort of like David, you know I I can identify uh, with him easier than I can Sometimes with the words of Christ Where he said, love your enemies I find that difficult Do good unto those who despitefully use you That's hard But where David says, Lord Let the angel of the Lord pursue him And and break their teeth in their mouth And smash their noses and all Lord, I, I can get into that So here is Nehemiah saying, Lord, turn, you know, the, turn it on their own heads. Turn it back to them, Lord. And uh, so he's saying, don't cover their iniquity. Don't blot out their sin. Judge them, Lord. Send them to hell. <laughs> and he said, so we built the wall." And all of the wall was joined together for the people had a mind to work. So when Samballot and Tobiah saw that the work was progressing so well, they now decided on a more direct assault against this building project. And they began to attack with commando type of raids, harassing the builders and those that were seeking to do the work because they began to fill in the breaches and the wall began to go up and it was obvious that these fellows were intent on what they were doing. And so they sought to hinder the building of it by these attacks and again Nehemiah answered this through prayer. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and we set the watch against them day and night because of these attacks. Now, we offered our prayer unto God and we set our watch. The prayer was not used in lieu of responsible actions nor should prayer ever be used in lieu of responsible actions. God expects us to act responsibly. Some people use prayer as an excuse for their laziness. It should never be. We offered our prayer unto God and we set the watch against the enemy. God does expect us To do what is wise and what is prudent, though all the while we are trusting in him. We know that if the Lord doesn't watch the city, the watchman waketh but in vain, but the watchman still wakes up. We don't say, well, Lord, watch the city and then everybody just go to sleep. But the watchman is still there. But if the Lord isn't watching, he's he's waking up and he's, he's, he's there in vain, we realize that it is necessary that God watch the city, but we also realize it's necessary that we take the prudent actions that are required of us. So we offered our prayer unto our God and we set our watch day and night. And so then there was further problems that developed because those of Judah said, the strength of the bearers of the burdens are decayed. And there's so much rubbish that we're not able to build the wall. It was just, they, they just began to get discouraged. And what a tool discouragement is in the hand of the enemy as he seeks to discourage us from the work of the Lord. The enemy seems to have a whole bag of tricks. He'll try to stop you by ridicule if that doesn't work. He'll assault you. If that doesn't work, then he'll try to make you discouraged. And and just so many things the enemy uses to keep you from doing the work of God. And it's tragic when a person allows discouragement to stop him or to hinder him from that work and calling of God upon his life. And there are always many people with words of discouragement for anything you might seek to do for the Lord. Oh, don't you realize people have tried to do that before? Oh, we tried that 10 years ago, and it was really a flop, you know. And here you're all inspired, and you feel like doing something for the Lord, and there's always someone to pour cold water on your ideas to discourage you. And many times people, unfortunately, allow discouragement to keep them from the Word of God. And so he said, in encouragement to them. They, they were saying, oh, you know, our strength is, is we're, we're tired and the, these harassing attacks and all. And he said, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord. And remembering the Lord is always the cure for fear. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Fear always ensues when I forget the Lord. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Because I have forgotten that God is on the throne. I have forgotten that the Lord has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I have forgotten the power of the Lord and the presence of the Lord. And thus fear gripped my heart and discouragement because I had forgotten the Lord. Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord. The Lord is with you. The Lord will give you strength. You need not to fear. And so God put the counsel of their enemies to naught and they returned again to the building of the wall, every man to his work. So it came to pass from that time on that half the fellows would work and half would stand watching with their spears ready for the attack. And Nehemiah stood with them. And next to Nehemiah was the fellow with the trumpet. And whenever attack would come, the guy would go and blow the trumpet in that place and everybody would drop their trowels. And they worked with a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. And they'd take off with their swords to drive off the enemy. Now, it is interesting that in Daniel's prophecy concerning the commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem to the coming of the Messiah, the Prince, he there declared, And the walls shall be built again in troublous times. And surely the building of the wall was fraught with all kinds of trouble, as the enemies sought to harass them And to hinder them in their work Working with a trowel in one hand, a spear in the other Half working while half watched And they worked from sunup to sundown Till the stars were out at night And they didn't even bother, they were so tired they just lay down with their clothes on They didn't even bother to remove their clothes Except that they would wash them once in a while Uh, but they just were staying right on the task. And the builders, every one of them, had his sword girded by his side, waiting for the trumpet to sound, dropping the trowel, going to battle. Now in chapter 5, further problems arose, and this time from within. If Satan can't defeat you from his forces from without, then he seeks to wreck you from the forces within. Many times the greatest enemies of the church aren't the atheist or those godless forces outside the church, but it is actually the church itself. Factions within the church. And usually the thing behind it all is jealousy, which springs usually in the church from greed. Oh, the church is being blessed more than we are. And and the tragedy of of the infighting that goes on within the church. You would think that the church would wake up to the fact that we are all one body working together for one king, one Lord. Someone this morning was telling me of some pastor here in Orange County who warned his people not to go to Calvary Chapel. Well, that's fine. We don't have room for them anyhow. but I'm not worried about you going to another church. I thank God that people from Calvary Chapel are filling all the churches around the area because wherever they're going, they're taking the love of Jesus Christ with them and the love of Christ is sparking revivals and a work of God all over the place. And to me, that's exciting that God is working And it's a tragic thing that the churches cannot realize that we should be striving together for the cause of Christ. Our problem is that we haven't properly identified the enemy. Our enemy isn't the church across town that's being greatly blessed of God. Far be that. From being an enemy, that's a joy and a blessing And something to rejoice and praise God for Not to get jealous about or or envious Because the Lord is working in their behalf In such a wonderful way Oh, but they're Baptists, you know Well, God loves the Baptists Or the Nazarenes He even loves us And we need to realize the oneness of the body. And when one member is exalted, they are all exalted. And and when one area is being blessed, we're all being, it's the kingdom that's being blessed. I'm a part of the kingdom. How thankful I am for the day that God delivered me from narrow sectarianism. And allowed me to see the whole body where I didn't any longer have to feel jealous because another church was prospering or being blessed. But I could rejoice because the whole kingdom of God is expanding and rejoice with all my heart. And I believe that I can say with all honesty and Of course, only God knows my heart. But I rejoice in every great work of God around the country that people are being brought to Jesus Christ. Praise God for it. Now, I may not agree with their methods, nor I may not agree with them all the way in the various aspects of the doctrines, and yet, I shouldn't allow what minor differences that we may have to stand in the way of the rejoicing and the fact that God is using them and through them people are being brought into the kingdom of God. Paul acknowledged that there were people there in Rome who were preaching Christ from different kinds of motivations. He said, I could care less. Christ is being preached. Praise the Lord. So they they think that they're, you know, adding to my own bonds and afflictions. They think that it's bothering me, but not so. I rejoice that Christ is being preached. And that needs to be our attitude. But the next problem that came to them actually came from within. It's no longer Tobiah and Sambalat, and the outside forces that are seeking to hinder the work of God, but now it's forces from within. And so often Satan will begin to strike from within and not only will he strike by divisions and strifes within the body, but also by the introduction of many what I call sterile Ideas or beliefs that he will inculcate within the body of Christ And these sterile doctrines Have the effect of destroying a person's fruitfulness When a person is sterile, he can no longer reproduce And there are certain doctrines that will create spiritual sterility They're not so evil or awful of themselves, but the effect of them is that they will keep you from really beginning to, uh, or continuing to, reproduce for Jesus Christ. You become sterile. So many of the doctrines that make the person so totally inward, looking at myself, looking at my own conditions, I am not worthy to, bring anybody to Christ until I'm mature enough to shepherd them into full maturity. Therefore, I shall not witness anymore until my shepherd tells me that I'm capable and mature enough to shepherd someone to full maturity. Well, what is the effect of that? It stops me from witnessing. It creates a sterility. And soon those groups are just feeding off of themselves. They are no longer really a... a, a real light within a community. The deliverance. Devil, devil, who's got the devil? And so anxious to go around and exorcise. Whatever demon may have come into the room tonight. And if you burp, you're guilty of having the demon of gluttony. And so exorcism is in order. Well, you get so inbred, and of course, you know the effect of inbreding is idiocy. And it's also sterility. You get to where you just don't reproduce healthy sheep anymore. Satan, his attacks from
0: within the church. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Nehemiah on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Nehemiah 3-5 through when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org.
1: May He watch over you and protect and shield you from the evil that is so prevalent in this world in which we live. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and just that beautiful, sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest and abide upon your heart and your life all week long as you live with Him.
0: This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. For years, Pastor Chuck was asked thousands of questions. This
1: new guy that my mom married—he thinks that the Christian beliefs are foolish—and I was wondering if that's going to like affect my mom's walk. I'm a Christian. I'm trying to fight the addiction of smoking. And are those things going to keep me from going in the rapture? Is it OK to use your tithes and give it to someone who's going on a mission trip instead of giving it directly to church? The Word for Today is pleased to present an ebook called Biblical Counseling by Chuck Smith, listing over 200 topics that include Pastor Chuck's commentary and the scripture references he used. Topics include addiction, business relationships, depression, lawsuits, sexuality, training children, and so much more. To download the Biblical Counseling ebook by Chuck Smith, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link provided, or you can call 1-800-272-9673.